What exactly is the smell that comes from New Jersey? Jealousy that you're not New York. Perfect. (laughs) When we first approached this show, you didn't know the things. And I was like, I'm really, I, you're going to hate it. You're going to hate it. And you got a little nervous and you're like, am I really going to hate it? Like you probably are. And so I literally can't, because you were sending me text messages which lead me to believe otherwise. So I cannot imagine what your beautiful theater brain thought of this. <laughs> I'd eat the roller coaster <laughs> that I went on. Oh, um, so I bet. I, I'm going to get into my notes even before we start the show. <gasps> I got okay. one minute and four seconds in. I had to go get a beer. <laughs> I knew immediately this was like going to reach a camp level. Yes. That like is only paralleled by like actually attending a place that's called like Happy Oaks for an entire summer. Like <laughs> I, I just. <laughs> I mean, Stephen, we, we literally can't make these people wait anymore. You can't make me wait anymore. So I think. That would just be toxic. So we got to take this show <laughs> from the top. From the top. A five, six, seven. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to From the Top, a musical theater cast and review. My name is Steven. And my name is Mary. And we are covering the... Who? <laughs> I was unaware it was a cult <laughs> classic sure musical is. Sure called is. The Toxic Avenger. Da-da-da! <laughs> We're hanging by a choking in New Jersey. We might as well be dead Lord, we need a favor We need a savvy savior But who, 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 who I will save New Jersey I'm melding for the third But this is an exciting thing We've switched roles this week And I'm, this is kind of a personal actor's nightmare for me. I'm not going to lie to you. Like, I am prepared and have notes and have done the things. I'm still walking on stage going, oh my God, I don't think I remember anything that I'm supposed to talk about. So, hey, hey, I, as we learned from last week, I am your Billy, you're my Peggy, and I got you, girl. Oh my God, thank (laughs) God. uh, Because, man, girl's going to need it tonight. She's coming in hot, and it's like... mm. Do you need an abusive, misogynistic pep talk before you walk on stage? <laughs> um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have you refrain from doing that. Thank you okay. so much, because you that, know, I just thought I'd offer. That might actually take points <laughs> off your gay card, so I wouldn't do that if I were you. <laughs> Oh, no. So, Stephen, trying to take on the mantle of this beautiful thing that you usually do for me every week. What is the synopsis of the Toxic Avenger? This is so this is how you look at me when I don't know what to say. Okay, it's it's kind of a cute look. This show is about finding yourself when you didn't know who you were to begin with in a crazy and chaotic world that we live in. It shows us our strengths can be weaknesses and our weaknesses can be strengths. And sometimes we just have to use what we have in order to get by. 
Oh, Stephen, that just that spoke to my every heartstring. That was delightful. I mean, but it was so vague. I, it's, but I mean, it's just like. Well, that's the yeah, tagline on the poster to go see the film. Yeah, like that's what that right? is. Like, yeah, no, this, yeah, this show. It's, it's just so crazy. You know, a scrawny environmentalist decides that he is going to save New Jersey from the toxic sludge when he finds out that somebody in power is running the company that is you know, polluting the town. He goes on a mission to try and right the wrong and he ends up not becoming the wrong, but he get, he succumbs to the wrong because he gets thrown into the sludge and survives and comes out in the end realizing that who you were on the inside was what was important all along. So I'm stealing from yours. Yeah, it, it is this story set in New Jersey and all of the toxic waste from New York, Manhattan specifically, mm -hmm. is being flushed and sent to this small city called Tromaville in New <laughs> Jersey. And <clears throat> like through uh... the course of the time, we get uh, introduced to Melvin Ferd III. <laughs> And oh he is, he's he's a nerdy little man. He's found out some stuff about the current mayor who wants to become governor. Mm -hmm. She is allowing this toxic waste to come in and taking payments to do so. Also, the mayor is hot AF. Like she's a bombshell. Oh, so gorgeous. Oh my God. Well, she's just a Jersey girl. <laughs> One hundred. <laughs> she's just missing the big hoop earrings and she would be there yeah. like that. Mm. And yeah. So through this, the mayor, hot mayor hires this group of unsavory characters to uh, <laughs> go and take care of Melvin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So they dop, dump him in some of the toxic waste that is piling up around the city. <laughs> Ergo, he gets these amazing, quote, superpowers. <laughs> End Very quote. big air quotes, <laughs> like big air quotes. And um, his power is to roar and make everyone happy, you know, including, you know... I'm still not quite sure what the superpower is. There isn't one. <laughs> He's just sort of got this weird human strength. Yeah. And a and sense he, of, a, a better he, sense of self. Yeah. He's really an anti-hero and he has a, a real good sense of self and he hunts down those that do wrong. Mm -hmm. He has a sixth sense about it. Mm -hmm. I don't know, but that somehow all of this sounds crazy as crap, but it's so cute. <laughs> It's, I mean, <laughs> because it's based in on this, I believe the film was in 1980 something, 84. This source film, which I followed immediately after watching this musical. Mm -hmm. 1984. I, yep. I was so disappointed. <laughs> And this is one kind of like Holiday Inn where, so Holiday Inn, I was told, do not watch the source material. I will actually not watch the source material for this particular musical because the same director directed a different film that is so grotesque in its nature. I can get by 20 minutes before I immediately have to stifle a gag reflex and I cannot continue. So I won't be doing that. But... Yeah. You know. So, so I guess I'm still kind of taking over a little bit of the source material of this one. You are a little bit, yes. 
But my issue is I do not suggest you watch it. Okay. Well, that's helpful. Yeah. Okay. It, it's it's kind of soft core porn. <laughs> okay. Well, um so let's let's take let's put a pin in the softcore porn for a second. Yeah. Um so before we can even dive into all of these things, we need to have a call sheet. So will will you give us a little bit of will you give us a call sheet, sweet thing? Yeah. There are five people in this cast for about 20 characters. Yep. <laughs> 100. So it's kind of a, uh, what is it, the 39 Steps, sort of in a way. Yes, I haven't seen that show in a long time. Yeah. And it's for, um, yeah, but mostly for three people. Yeah. So three three of the five are like <laughs> switching out their characters <laughs> all the time. Some of these quick changes are good. In fact, there is an entire musical number based around quick changes. And <laughs> I am living. <clears throat> but... <laughs> I knew that that would tickle that t- tickle that little funny bone of yours for a quick oh, change. Oh man! So yeah. So I guess uh, so. We have I've already dropped his name, Melvin Ferd the Third. He's kind of our our main character, our anti-hero, our toxic Avenger. Um, like I said, he's sort of the nerd of this entire production, and he he's he's easily lovable and wants to get New Jersey whipped back into shape. He wants to solve the pollution problem that is <laughs> coming in from Manhattan <laughs> uh, and wants to do anything about it. And so that starts his uh, his campaign to start fighting the toxicity. <laughs> and then uh, then we have Sarah. I was so surprised when she came out and revealed that she was, in fact, a blind person. Mm-hmm. And first immediate thought I had in my mind was snaps for, like, representation, yes. which I thought was actually really cool. I'm gonna say I felt a little awkward because they sometimes took the jokes a little off color, maybe. Yeah. But they never used it in such a degrading way that I felt like it crossed a line. So yeah. it, it was it was more anything done is something done in jest or it was done in such a way that felt okay sure. or respectful of of that. It's just like you're you're in a room full of friends and you're able to poke fun sure. at each other in that way. So I thought that was easy enough. But Sarah, she is our, our sort of, I would say, our main, other main girl character sure. in, in a way, because she's the only other one that doesn't ever have to be anyone else. Um, <laughs> she is a blind librarian. She works at the library. She was appointed there by said evil mayor to hide the secret that the mayor is doing. Yeah. But she's really, really sweet and she's just looking for love. She's trying to find her man and her dream is to write a book that gets on the Oprah's bestseller list. Yes! Uh, (laughs) Oh, it's so good. Yeah, and then um, this is where it gets iffy because there are three other ensemble, but there are so many other characters. I'm going to tone this down, I guess, to there is then said mayor (laughs) who is played, who is also Melvin's mother, Mm -hmm. who is also a nun. I think she plays someone else randomly, but those are kind of her main ones. Those Mm -hmm. are her main characters that she will get to play. Then uh, we get into 
these two other phenomenal character actors <laughs> of an ensemble. And if you want to be cast in the show and character acting is up your alley, this is that show. Yeah, so much. You you get songs to yourself being the ensemble member. You you get amazing roles. You get some of the most hilarious bits. You get the best lines. Oh my god, it's so good. And you're you're literally switching. Uh, it's normally played by two men, but I because there is so much gender bending. I don't think you're stuck in that. No. I would say no. So I'm just going to say there are two ensemble members that literally get to play everybody else. Female friends of Sarah's. They are hairdressers, gay mm. hairdressers. They are folk singers. They are <laughs> just bystanders. They are people up on make out point. I, they are everyone. Mm -hmm. They are literally, they are your ensemble cast. Just watching these two work was a Thanksgiving meal for theater. Ooh, <laughs> it was so good. That's an excellent way to describe that, Stephen. I like yeah, that. Like, I, I was like, I was just in awe watching these these two dudes sort of do their thing. <laughs> and I went, this is so fun. Uh, this is fun. I want to be one of these people. Yeah. <gasps> oh my God. This <clears throat> literally warms every cockle of my heart, Stephen. I'm so thrilled. Yeah. It took me a minute to warm up to the, the first note I had on these two. Were, these two guys were immediately obnoxious. Or should I say... <laughs> Noxious. <laughs> after I had then watched the source material right after watching this musical, I immediately saw what they were doing mm -hmm. within that first minute <laughs> in four seconds when I had to go grab a beer. Yes. They were sort of playing off of the hor horribleness mm -hmm. of that source material. The best way I can describe this film. I don't even know. Uh, if John Waters and Mel Brooks were paired together in their college intro to film class and then they got all of their theater major dropout friends together and then they just created whatever the hell this was. <laughs> what, what would be that film that I saw? I think that's it, a very apt description. It was so bad. I wouldn't even call it acting. They were just bumbling around this the, whatever they were doing they were That's, bumbling around oh good lord uh, so the fact that someone had the prowess yeah question mark <laughs> to to look at this film and say musical is actually quite a feat um uh, i'm gonna say if you're a fan of evil dead the musical mm. you're probably going to love this this musical yeah I'm what you call blind I'm more Frankenstein Yet somehow you make me complete Look deep inside I have nothing to hide You'll see the real me I'm yours honestly You make me combust With chemical lust I'm like buzzing with electricity right now and how happy I am that this is like, this is making you happy in some places of the world. Yeah. Um, so then I guess the, the only real way to do this justice, right? Ooh, is to start from the beginning. That will bring us back to dawn. 
Ah, so dough. I am so happy to you know, sit on my laurels while uh, I mm. get, mm-hmm. you know, washed over with all of the fun info. <laughs> <laughs> Well, okay, so I'm not, you're not going to be able to rest for too long because, but here's what I'm going to say. We all know that you are the one that does the actual legitimate deep dives, right? You do the, you go to all the websites, you read the books, you watch the things, right? You do the thing. Mariana's Trench to the, to the max. And (laughs) I'm not going to lie to you. Part of my actor's nightmare and a little bit of my imposter syndrome is the fact that I have not done a lot of those things because I, I mean, I'm going to blame it on the fact that I lost my job and then I got a new job. And so I've started this new job this week. And you know, I mean, it's been, it's been great. It's been great, but I'm, I am only going to reference one source, but it is a source that I do like trust pretty inherently. Um, We're going back to our favorite website, mtishows.com for musical theater international, because they do have pretty much all of the fun things. So if there is anything like any fun tidbit, tiddly bits that you have found that you um, want to interject, please do so. You know, I I wish that I could say I did more, but I'm a little toxic in that way. I'm a little Britney Spears. I'm a little toxic. I didn't do the thing. Ooh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. That's okay. You know, I, but I'll still listen. That's a Good. I mean, (laughs) I should share with the patrons what lovely sludge I'm drinking this evening. Oh my god, will you please? Because you sent me the picture of this drink and it is like beautiful and gross at the same time. Like, yes. <laughs> please share. What are we drinking tonight? Liquid furred Elizer. <laughs> oh my god, that's brilliant. <laughs> this looks disgusting. <laughs> We're going to start off with a half ounce of melon liqueur. And then we're going to add some sour mix uh, just at the bottom. Uh, Pretty much, uh, if you're going to use a tumbler, I'd say you're going to need about two to three ounces, depending on how much ice you want to put in. Okay. I'd fill it up with quite a bit of ice because you're actually going to float on top of this after you've added uh, an ounce of whatever vodka you choose on top of this pre-made chai tea. Whoa, that is way off the Jersey Turnpike. What? Chai tea? Here's the thing. They're all sort of Asian flavors, right? Right. Chai, melon, Mm -hmm. sour, earthy. Sure. It all blends and it all blends really well. And it's a little hint of sweet, but... This is where it gets fun. I then rim the glass with tahini. <gasps> As you're drinking it, wow. like you get this hint of spice and it looks like rust on the rim as you're like going through it. <gasps> so the it looks like the earth crust layer on top and then you have this hot green glowiness on the bottom wow so yeah it's real real cool and so it's like you get this weird little amount of heat earthy and then Mm -hmm. you get that chai tea and then uh it's kind of like a undertow with this melon sour liqueur on under like it'll sip steep in as you're drinking wow and it's so fun and it's so yummy oh my god steven just yes oh my god that is so like 
my my whole thing whenever we do these is like if you and I were to ever run a theater together, right? And we have to run the bar in the theater. Like these are the cocktails right. that we are serving in front of house. My sure. my first question to you would be how do we make this glow in the dark? You just had a hint of tonic. Okay, that would be wild. Oh, Steven. How well, yeah, pretty. You just add, you, yeah, you just add some tonic to that uh, melon liqueur vodka sour mix at the bottom, and then it would glow. I love everything about that. Nice work, Steven. That's delightful. Beautiful. Yeah. And let's <laughs> dive in a little bit, not too deep into the sludge, but let's dive in a little bit to this you know musical. What? I'm willing to just wade in lake deep. <laughs> let's. That's great. I mean, that's. I mean, truly, I mean, that's all you, we need. You you don't want to go all the way down with the toxic sludges in this musical. Uh uh. Because if we do that, then I'm start. I'm gonna start singing toxic sludge from Fern Gully, and all I'm gonna hear is Tim Curry. Um. The so the inspiration for this musical, as you know, Stephen previously mentioned that um the Toxic Avenger is based on a film that was. Uh, came out in 1984. The description that you had for this film was absolutely spot on, so I'm not even going to change it because it's beautiful. John Waters and Mel Brooks got all of their burnout friends together and they just, they were like, screw it, we're going to do a movie. Like, <laughs> let's go. And so, of course, with a lot of movies that we know from 1984 uh, in that era, they're they are released not thinking that they're going to make money, right? I mean, I I have a oh, secondary man. show that literally talks about f cinematic garbage. I was getting like Animal House vibes. I was getting Fry uh, Baby. I was getting oh wow. Like it's it's but not even like those are better. Yeah. Oh, they really are though. They mm, mm. like those those look like you threw millions at them compared mm -hmm. to this thing. Yeah. So this is I, like I, on a camcorder with your friends in a backyard. Like is what oh. I assume. So I'm assuming. Yeah. That first one. Apparently, there's so many sequels to this. Oh, I would believe that in a minute, in a heartbeat. Like, and I'm just like, how? <laughs> You don't even need to watch the whole movie. You, you could watch the first 10 minutes and then you could skip forward about half an hour. It is just awkward and weird. <laughs> okay. And the, they decide for like the first half of this film to hide his face. And like it was a choice. They're awkwardly making cinematic choices to hide his face from the camera because they want a big reveal at some point. Oh, for the love of God. Okay. And then the, the moment they decide that is the reveal is the most anticlimactic moment. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone is so overacting in this. Mm -hmm. It is almost unwatchable. See, there's a there I think there's a limit with like with overacting when you get to the campy bit that like especially in theater with a live show you can't pause the thing like you're in it for the duration. A film is like um okay, this is garbage. I'm going to go do something else and then you stop. Side plot with all of this was the fact there are so many fourth wall breaks in this because I thought how is this going to play into like our season of like fourth wall shows within shows, right. that sort of thing. No, this show knows exactly what it is. Mm -hmm. It knows where it lives. It knows where it comes from, kind of like Xanadu. And they break this fourth wall so much. Like it is Rocky horror. Um, it's not ne necessarily audience involvement, but the the audience is just as much a part of this show. Absolutely. And I think it would I think it's only right and fitting that they also 
made a reference to the musical that keeps coming back to haunt us. Oh, oh, oh. They called out uh, Wicked, Uh Phantom, Uh Cats, Grease, Annie, Hairspray, Rocky Horror, and Lion King. And those were the only ones I caught. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But the only one I was really looking for, of course, the the title, you know, your title references, the the Toxic Avenger comes out and he has the white phantom mask on. Yeah. So yeah, I went, yeah, yeah. of course, Andrew Lloyd freaking Weber has to come back into almost every show that we've talked about. Oh, my God. Since we've done it. But we need to talk about this. I kind of think maybe we were the nail in the coffin. <laughs> I'm going to say um, we were. I mean. Phantom uh, has closed on Broadway. After 35 years of shows. I think that you're actually a wizard and you're some sort of warlock that's like knows the things. And so then we do these shows because we had we have that. We have Olivia Newton-John pour one out for your homies. We have um, we had Spring Awakening with the HBO Max special that came out. Like yeah. y- you're you're a wizard, Stephen. So I don't know if we can say this. Um, so, I mean, truly, that's, that's literally, this is literally all of the basis of the, of this musical is literally just the campiness of this film. And it's, I mean, there are so, there are so many good things about it, but, um, you know, as I mean, Stephen, you already mentioned that there are several sequels and, um, apparently there's a fourth one that's in production, um, along with a comic book series, a cartoon series, a novel, a graphic novel, and then the musical. Mm Mm-hmm. As far as like the productions of this are concerned, so the first actual premiere of The Toxic Avenger was at the George Street Playhouse in New Brunswick, New Jersey on October 1st in 2008. Um, and then it had an well, official- Well, that's cute and fitting that they actually took it to New Jersey. Right, because everything is legal in New Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I was hoping that you would giggle at me. But it, then it had an official opening on October 10th um, at the same theater. So it's, um, I'm assuming what was a soft open and then an actual opening in- in New Brunswick. So if I'm reading this correctly, the book is written by Joe DiPetrio. Uh, De, De, De I butchered that. We're going to correct that. Sure, sure. Um, and then music by David Bryan and lyrics by both. So uh, Joe was responsible for the script and David did the music and both of them wrote the lyrics for the show. Um, the show only had a four-week run through November of that year and uh, at the same playhouse in New Brunswick. Um, but then, you know, a four week run, like we, I mean, we know that, like we've done shows that have only run four weeks and we're like, okay, cool. After four weeks, we are done. Like that is great. It was a great show. And now we don't need to do it anymore. Well, that was not the case for this show (laughs) because the press ate up this show. They loved this show. It won me over and I went in like, meh. Steven went in guns hot like I am going to blow holes in everything that you're going to love about this show. And I said, I know I'm ready for you. I'm ready. I've got my bulletproof vest on. Let's go. And then he rocked up with no ammunition. And I went, what's happening? He's like, I'm wearing Kevlar, too, because I kind of liked it. And I went (gasps) and I panicked in a beautiful way. I was all panic and no disco. Tell me that it's not, cause evil is hot. 
press is eating up this show. Um, the the musical then went from New Jersey and it did cross the Hudson River all the way to New York, where it opened off Broadway at the New World Stages on April 6th of 2009. So this was, I mean, months, like not even five months between closing in New Brunswick and opening uh, in New York. I mean, it did have a short run. It was only, um, it wasn't even for an entire full year. They only had a total of what would be 330 performances, 21 previews, 309 actual shows. The Toxic Avenger did close on Broadway on January 2nd of 2010. So it had a very brief stint. Um, but it was directed uh, both times in New Brunswick and on uh, off-Broadway by the same director, John Rando. So that I think is kind of cool that he was able to kind of stick yeah. with the show and, and take it from you know, yeah, little stage really to bigger fun. stage. Yeah. Following its off-Broadway one run, the Toxic Avenger has now kind of, it's been produced in other places. Um, it's gone to Canada and South Korea. It's gone across the United States to places like Texas and Hawaii. And I mean, it's just, it's kind of like a virus. It just kind of pops up out of nowhere. Well, wherever there's pollution, Mary, you there's gonna be the Toxic Avenger. You freaking know that's true. Okay, the the one thing I did look up just because it intrigued me, because as I was watching this, they kept referencing like New Jersey and how crappy it is. Yeah, and, like it, New Jersey has this like stereotype of you know, being yeah. sort of like a, a dumping hole for <laughs> you know everything. <laughs> yep. And, uh, like, yeah, kind of like you said, everything that isn't able to be done and put in, like, New York can be done in New Jersey. Exactly. So, uh, I looked up, like, what the pollution ranking is, like, nowadays. No, New Jersey's sort of, like, middle of the road. Like, they're they're coming <laughs> in about mid, mid-30s. There's, like, still 15 other states. Like, Nevada's worse than them. Louisiana's worse than them. Gross. Indiana's worse than them. Gross. Ohio, Iowa. I mean, like, they're worse than New Jersey now, so I don't... <laughs> I'm just saying, I think it's a little... That does seem a little unfair that we're poking at New Jersey when there are other places that are worse yeah. than that. Yeah, so it's kind of like I think it's New Jersey's that running joke. Like you see in musicals and in stage shows of the running joke like, where are you from? New Jersey. And then it automatically gets that laugh or yeah. whatever. Yeah. Well, I, I, I'm i not going to lie to you. I think your feet have to come down because that, I mean, that's all. This, this show is very... I mean, it's, you know, it had such a short run. It's got, yeah. I mean, it's based <clears throat> off of, you know, this film. So there's not really a whole lot of other, uh, like, source material. Like, when we talked, like, you know, Phantom and these right. other shows. Like, is there anything else before we, you know, mosey on to our next scene? Is there anything else that you want to add? Just more on this this film. There's some funny moments. There are some times where there, there maybe is a good, quote, moral uh, but other than that, it feels really like a director was just having a heyday getting to have some fun with actors at like his own inside joke expense. And you, I've said it a million times. I hate inside jokes in theater. I think it is the stupidest, most selfish thing you can do. And so <laughs> watch watching this was just like one big inside joke. Sure. Um, but that's not saying there wasn't good moments in the film that like, oh, this was actually a really good like chase scene mm. or, oh, that was a really good way that they dealt with, you know, 
toxic Avenger kicking this guy's butt or mm. something. Getting into like maybe some differences. I kind of hate that they took away the original toxic Avengers costume. Well, for somebody who's never seen, you know, the thing, like describe it for me. In the film, and this is where some of this softcore porn comes in. Oh, we've pulled the pin out of softcore porn. Okay, cool. We have. We're back we to that. Have. Great. I know. Well, there's quite a few moments of softcore porn. And of course, it's all it's all women's, you know, tatas flying well, around. It's obviously. Never, it's it's 1984. What else are we gonna do? Melvin is seduced by what some of these unsavory characters. <gasps> he wor- he works at a gym as like a custodian. Mm-hmm. In this film, Mm -hmm. these roided out bullies in this musical represent (laughs) what these people were supposed to be in this gym Mm -hmm. and their girlfriends. Oh, good. So they think it would be really cute to play a trick on Melvin. So one of the girlfriends is dressing in the locker room and Melvin comes in mopping and, you know, her top falls off or whatever. (gasps) Oh, no. Yeah. And then she uh, sort of seduces him and gets him to be like, you know, what would really get me going is if you put this on and it's like this skin tight bodysuit. Also, this like tutu. What? Yeah, he's in this, like, tight onesie and this, like, tutu. He goes out and gets shamed or whatever, Mm -hmm. and then overacting, overacting, and he runs out and jumps out of one of the windows because, of course you do. Um, I mean, of course you do. But a... One of the trucks pulling in toxic waste from Manhattan is coming into Tromaville, passing by, and they have stopped in front of this gym. Oh. He falls into this toxic waste uh-huh. that is out posted outside, and his co- so like he is now transformed in this costume that I think he's just sort of melded into with mm-hmm. his skin. <laughs> sure, yeah. So it's so it's this onesie and a tutu, and I'm kind of like, why didn't you somehow make a reason for this to be in the musical. If you're going to make this into something, why is that? <laughs> like, And then like he has this whole thing about getting a mop. So he gets a mop from the mayor in the musical. And that's a call out too. He would always like have a mop with him and he'd be like mopping up like the people he would kill. <laughs> wow. Like do, do it, doing the bad thing, like cleaning up crime and, right you know, whatever right clean it cleaning up all the toxic so i thought I, he should have always at least had a mop with him yeah those are maybe some source things i was like why is that not in there all of the clothing that he was wearing is just like tattered and quote burned into his skin yeah. and then he finds a red cape like that's literally it which then he <laughs> takes off immediately after he gets it because he's like i'm not a hero then like he just doesn't wear yeah. it anymore it's like yeah. mm. then i mean this this segment's gonna be super short until you know our this this is gonna be a quick scene before we move on to our next one personal experience with the show what do you have anything prior to (laughs) us talking about watching it one week ago (laughs) it's been one week since you saw the show yeah um, i was looking up small cast musicals on google (laughs) (laughs) perfect and uh was just going through and i was looking for something that i wasn't familiar with and went what's this so truly i i yeah i it was just a quick google search of small cast musicals and what other things i listened to a couple songs and yeah i i truly have no history with this until 
last week. I it, 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 I had never heard of this. It somehow completely passed my uh, theater periphery. Um, but then once I started like looking more into it, yeah, it's it's uh, available for community theaters everywhere, and it's was really done really well on the West End, and mm-hmm. it was on broad like it like everything that you said. And I'm just like, how did I miss this? But it's not my usual cup of tea. Like, no. it's not the normal thing that I would seek out. Like, this is the type of show that I show people, like, ingest or for fun or, like, there's a specific stupid joke song that mm-hmm. I want to, like, share with them or something. Because sure. the music in this show is... <laughs> I, I cannot say I go out of this show humming anything. Either. Oh, I do. <laughs> I can't. I can't say that any of this mu- music catches me in such a way that I, I'm going to be leaving the theater singing it. So uh, maybe that on top of it, it's like wasn't in my algorithms that, you know, get get sent to me. So, yeah, I have no I have no history with the show, <laughs> which I love. I think this is good because my my history is about the same. It's, uh, you know, I had a you know, we have a mutual friend uh, that uh, had mentioned this to me like two years ago. And, and he was like, you know, I really think that you'd enjoy it. And we were, you know, at his house one night just trying to figure out what to do. And so we actually we watched the musical. We watched watched Forever Plaid first and then we watched Toxic Avenger. I've never seen um, a production of the show. I've never been in this show um, or saying anything from it, but we were, yeah, we, he just, you know, uh, pulled this up and started watching it. And from from the beginning, when the guys came out and were just like super obnoxious but super fun, like to be honest, that was my hook into watching the show. And then the hot AF mayor, like, ooh, dang, she was just absolutely a she's smoke kind show. Of the, yeah, she's kind of the softcore porn in this. Oh, 1,000% because all she does is flash her vagina at everybody. It's wild. <laughs> it's literally crazy. But um, yeah, so super, I mean, super, you know, also very new to it. But I mean, I would, if tomorrow a local theater said, we're going to put this on, I would literally, I mean, I would drop everything to go be in it. I would go try. I would at least go try. I wrote somewhere that this is this musical is actually perfect for small theaters. It's perfect for like black box theaters and community theaters and especially those that are a sort of like artsy edgy based theaters yeah. that like to put on different stuff. Absolutely. This is this is like it. This is like pinnacle it. It doesn't use that many people. It's not a lot of set movement. It's all based on like your five people you got. Mm hmm. And it it's it's fun and it's cute and it's actually got some pretty good like storylines and you fall in love with it so quickly.
so I'm going to flip the script on you then a little bit, just because, you know, you gave me the reins this time and I'm running the show tonight. So, uh, <laughs> of course, of course. strap in or strap on, but you better do something because we're going to freaking go. So I need to know from you then, um, normally we talk about things like the great points and the weak points because there are stark differences between the two, right? In our there usual are, shows. Are. Yes. This show, however, doesn't necessarily have those things it kind of blurs the line between what is quote great and what is bad i was literally gonna be like mary i don't i have no good or weak points because this show is so meta on itself (laughs) that any weak point is kind of a strong point and any other good points are like just funny it's it's just because i live rent free in your brain honey yeah yeah yeah. so i knew what the gremlins were going to type out before it needed to be said yeah so then i so then instead of doing great and you know weak points what i would like to talk about for a little moment um what are the things that coming into this completely blind wanting to hate it all these things what are some things that surprised you about this show I think this was kind of like your great American trailer park. Yep. This is just going to be something so weird and so niche and so un uh, approachable for me. Like I am that person who loves the mainstream Broadway. Call me basic, whatever. (laughs) But, and I just go, okay. And then I go off into the fringes and I find these cute little pieces that appeal. This on the surface did not do that for me. That is the biggest thing that surprised me about this show. Wow. It's overall major broad appeal. Dang. Okay. I'll take it. I'll take it. I, I would never, ever in a million years have suspected that this show would have been so approachable and something I could resonate with. It's hard to answer your question more so, like, specifically, because like you said, good, good, bad, it's all sort of blended. Mm-hmm. I, all of the notes I've taken, like, every single one is either a call out to something great that caught my attention and was funny. Sure. Or, like, was something I thought was interesting. Pick a random page of your four pages of notes and give me that note six bullet points from the top. Um, This one. This one was actually fun, and it was something that I didn't expect but it was starting to see them creep in and it was these call outs to other musicals okay um so we uh we had said it in our hairspray episode uh sarah actually calls out like acne in their souls (laughs) Uh, which came out in like the original source hairspray Mm -hmm. and then sarah in this moment in this scene uh melvin has already transformed uh sarah is trying to touch his face to like see how he looks and you know Mm because she she is a blind person and so he uh he is avoiding her and trying to push her away and uh then her song starts playing after she or after Melvin leaves, or Toxic Avenger, mm-hmm. and uh, <laughs> the, the her song starts playing, and uh, her it's an immediate call out to "I Can Hear the Bells," <laughs> and I just I just sat there laughing. It's funny because again, it just sort of knows what it is, mm-hmm. but um, 
it's paying homage to the things that came before it. And it knows that it's never going to be as good as those things in a way. Mm -hmm. But yet then suddenly becomes great because it knows it's not. So therefore it is. So it's just the hardest thing to even describe. It's literally so meta. It's so meta. I I love that because like uh, on first on first watch, I didn't catch any of those things. Sans like the one, you know, phantom call out, right? Because I wasn't looking for it. So in I guess through the lens of like, um, you know, seeing different things, was there a theme or something along that line that as you're watching this that you kind of either resonated with? Because you said that there were things that kind of spoke to you in the very beginning. What what would be one of those things if you could identify that? The thing that I thought could resonate with pretty much anyone. Like, I think <clears throat> to some extent, most people think that we are, are at, as ourselves, how we view ourselves, like as an underdog. Mm-hmm. I think most people think of themselves as an underdog and they're always having to fight or scrape to get higher up or, you know, get the leg up or whatever um, they're they're going for. Sure. Um, There's always something we want. And is it obtainable to some degree? Mm. And this show has a lot of that just in how Melvin um, is being uh, sort of bullied not only by the bullies, mm-hmm. <laughs> but then by this mayor, by his mother, by the person that he loves mm-hmm. or is in love with. And um, then he turns into this toxic Avenger and he sort of becomes this hero in a way to many. Like he can solve problems for people and he suddenly gets his girl, but it's with these sort of uh, uh, barriers mm-hmm. in a way. And the funny thing that I got from all of this was some of his dreams were starting to come true, but he got in in his own way. If he had just been honest with Sarah from the get-go, when she finds out, ultimately, of course she does, Mm -hmm. that he is the Toxic Avenger, she's not mad that he is. She's upset that he lied about it. Mm Mm-hmm layering of things that I thought but that was one of the main ones I got where I think we're all underdogs and you see that with all the characters though in a lot of ways even with Sarah with the mayor like they all get in their own way they all think they can't and they're all trying to obtain something sure I oh god I appreciate that so much because I kind of I guess in tandem with this theme the one that resonated with me the most is the fact that like we have this title character who is trying to wipe out the you know the the toxicness in the world right but you look at each one of these characters and they are all inherently toxic all of yeah. them yeah. and everybody's got something that they're holding on to because because it's easier because it's what they know or because whatever. And like, I really appreciate that theme of sometimes you have to let go of the thing that's comfortable because it is making you toxic and you have to be able to, to grow as a person and to do these things. You have to let those things go and you have to be willing to kind of see things through a new lens and you have to be willing to accept, you know, hard truths because that's, that's the reality of the situation. Melvin, who then becomes Toxie or the Toxic Avenger, you know, he's 
all you know he as Melvin he's latched on to Sarah and he won't let her go because he wants to be with her so bad and then as the Avenger like he just wants to clean things up but then loses his way because he's like you know I can't succumb to violence and then he starts using violence and ooh it feels good and you know we've seen violence take down a you know take down a hero like in countless you know other you know uh pop culture references and the I mean obviously the mayor is blinded by greed and then Ma is blinded by disappointment and Sarah is blinded by um naivety and like there are so many things that are just those toxic little nuggets that we hold on to and it's it's just for something so campy and so about itself you wouldn't think that you'd pull out like big things like that but I think it's yeah. it speaks to the the caliber of the actual piece that you are able to do those things which I think is very cool I mean can you just walk me through like one like one really good section like your favorite section of what you wrote like take me through the mind of Steven watching this musical <laughs> I just I <laughs> gotta have an in between two ferns an insider look if you will between two ferns so like why don't i take you through this like thought process of my journey then of slowly realizing i kind of like this show fantastic i yeah. am on board yeah so uh i had kind of like i immediately said i saw i said these two guys are so obnoxious um and then, like I said, when I watched the source material, it made sense. Uh, then I, I have, then the nun came out. I got excited <laughs> because I thought it was Stephanie J. Block. Mm -hmm. And then got sad again when I realized it wasn't. <laughs> but then I got excited again because then I realized this girl got pipes. Yes. Uh, oh, my God. So many pipes. Like, she was Good. And mm -hmm. then it was like, okay, okay, we good. And then I got introduced to Melvin. And I was like, I immediately get pulled into Melvin Ferd the third, is what I wrote. Like there was something immediately endearing. Good casting, whoever did uh did so on this West End production. Oh, cute. And I, I was just like, oh, that's so cute. And then I wrote the question: is this a global warming musical? <laughs> I mean, yeah. Yeah, and then uh, next one was, he rubbed his crotch at the nun. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there was a lot of that, and it... <sighs> but, again, having watched the source material, it then, it shocked me watching this initially. Thinking back, I get it. And then it goes into the next scene, which was Sarah is, uh, we get introduced to Sarah who actually, uh, uh, backs up onto stage. So you can't see her walking cane. Mm -hmm. And <laughs> then she turns around. I'm like, OMG blind rep representation snaps. Yay. And then she immediately says a line, something to the effect of turned on my kitchen faucet and fire came out. Cause Tromaville is toxic wasteland. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> um, Tromaville, uh, who who will save New Jersey, or whatever is the opening song of this. Yep. If the pollution doesn't get you, the aroma will. <laughs> <laughs> which leads back to the beginning. What does New Jersey smell like? Like what? Exactly. What is that? What is it? Yeah. Um, and then I thought, oh, clever use to hide important 10 documents in the back of the box 
you know, if that's where you're wanting to hide them. Right. In a library with a blind librarian. Like, of course, that's cute. That's funny. It's campy. It's I wrote simple plot lines make this palatable. Ooh, I like it. Okay. And then this was a this was a line that I loved. The important town documents are in the back in a box, and I didn't want anyone to ever look at them, so I labeled them important policy speeches by Ivanka Trump. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. one of the best one my, my in my upper echelons of one of the best lines of this entire show. And then Sarah goes into because Melvin is now there talking to Sarah and trying to explain like, oh, I kind of like you. And well, can I feel your face is what she asks. Mm-hmm. And her immediate, so greasy. <laughs> well, maybe Ugh. you have a beautiful soul. <laughs> and and I'm just like, oh gosh, poor Melvin. I like know. you just immediately fall in love. And yeah. yeah. Steven, that's so lovely. I love I know, that. Just, just some of it was so funny. Like just the, the way that they progressed this show, there, there really wasn't dead space. There was no time at which I thought, Oh, this is this is lagging. I'm mm-hmm. bored. Oh, this is like what? What am I watching? No, I was always entertained. I was always like wanting the next thing to happen, and I was wondering where where it was gonna go. Legend of the Toxic Avenger Yeah, yeah He cleaned up Trombleville By plugging up the vets He won the children's love By saving oh, all their cats Oh, we do say that the audience is almost just as much a part of this show. Uh-huh. I think there was almost too much use of the audience. Ooh, that's interesting. I think, I think some of it was good and some of it was unnecessary. Okay. Like, there, it's kind of like... You do it once, it's funny. Twice, it's fine. Three, that's the rule of comedy, right? But then you just keep doing it. It's like that guy that keeps doing the same thing over and over and over because it was funny the first few times Mm -hmm. and he won't drop it and just keeps doing it. And that's where I got in some of it. And some of it hit, some of it didn't. So it just, I think it could have been nuanced a little bit better in deciding those moments to do it. So before we move on to our, you know, uh, the the lovely section of this where we get to break down a bunch of things, uh, we should really quickly talk about, uh, were there numbers in this show that you would consider like your favorites? Because I know you said that none of these would be ones that you would walk out of the theater humming, right? But what were ones that like kind of, that did grab you and like kept you in the moment? While I'm not going to be necessarily humming these songs coming out of the theater, Mm -hmm. in the production we, we both watched, whoever choreographed this, perfection. When you do small cast shows, campy shows like this, you can over choreograph. Sure. There, there was enough actual dance mixed in with moments to not, uh, sort of just car- do your character, mm-hmm. freestyle in your character. But then there were moments to hit and like actual dance moves and, and things to do. 
when you do small cast musicals on top of it, it's hard to do big production numbers. Sure. This show is just full of duets and solos and and everything done was so thoughtful mm -hmm. and so precise and so well thought out and put together. I, I just wanted to call out that West End production for having an amazing choreographer because not there was not one musical number that I got pulled out because I thought this dancing is distracting. And it was one of the major things I was scared about going into the show. This would be my second thing that maybe surprised me sure. about the show was that I wasn't pulled out of this sort of meta reality I was in because of like the dancing and, and during the production numbers, I was fully expecting it to be overdone or not done enough. Sure. Or it was the dancing in these often goes as an afterthought. No, I, the, they worked it into the story and it was so, so well done. My only gripe with the choreography is that every dance number ended the same way. They hit in the center and they hit a pose. The lights went out and they were backlit for every single number of 16 musical numbers in this show. There was no variety to that. So the second that you saw it and they knew that it worked, then they replicated it, which don't get me wrong. I am all about a power pose and a backlit power pose at that. But I think that was on purpose. I know it was on purpose and that's what bothers me. Hit that button, Mary. <gasps> How dare you? completely disagree with you. It Good, adds something do it. to it. Good. And I'm just going to sit over in my corner in my own toxic feelings and I'm just going to go, oh, I don't know how to actually handle conflict. It's not conflict that you're entitled it's to your not. opinion, but I you mean. You have every right to believe that. That's okay. No, I, I, I completely, I appreciate that there, that, because again, you're speaking from a choreographer brain. Like that is something that you appreciate that, that tingles that part of your brain. But, but here's what's funny, because I wrote that same note down and then I deleted it. Oh, dang. Okay. Because I thought, I thought, oh, I get what they're doing. Plus, I think from a technical point, I think it helped sort of speed the progression along because it blacked out everything so you could switch the set faster. <laughs> that is, that is absolutely a fair assumption for sure. So I don't know, uh, but I, it didn't bother me. But, you know, I'm glad it bothered you because, uh, you know, no, take notes if you're going to put on this production. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I just, you know, again, I'm I always I'm always about a an excellent backlit power pose. It just it's just <laughs> After 16 times in a row. I was just like, ah, <laughs> they're going to hit and it's going to hit on a major chord. And it's going to go bum, bum. And then it did literally did that bum, bum 16 times. But I, okay, so then what, were there any musical numbers that when were you watched numbers? it, yeah, yeah, you yeah. were like, um, oh my God, this. Choose Me Oprah was oh. fire. Mm -hmm. uh, Hot Toxic Love, oh. absolutely. So good. Bitch, slut liar whore. <gasps> the, 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 the quick change costume change one. So good. Oh, so good. Man, I, those are definitely, uh, those are definitely uh, in, in, if there was a hierarchy, they are in the upper echelons. Um, honorable mentions for me in, in, you know, I'm, I'm going to say all of those too, because I mean, they were, I mean, there are a lot of songs in the show that are bops. Um, I really enjoyed um, All Men Are Freaks. Loved that song. It was amazing. Oh yeah. Um, and then um, the one that actually plucked my heartstring out was "You Tore My Heart you Out." You tore my heart out. Yeah. Mm, 
little little Melvin just singing about how Sarah broke him. And he's like, I'm done with this. Ah, Because he sees a couple that's like all happy and whatever. And he's like, what? That's, ah, why can't I have that? Yeah. And then he just, you know, goes berserker. But it was, no, it just was, it was very, and then evil is hot. That's my only other one that I would do because I mean, let's be real. Okay. Uh, I forgot to say evil is hot. She's a smoke show. That. <laughs> you go dumb thinking about it because you're like, what? So good. It's illegal for her to be that good looking. Like, stop it. If that's really my mayor, good. like, I'm in. I don't care where we live. Let's go. I want, yes. I and- believe it was the last episode. I was like, if you were in the train car with like those people, you wouldn't. I was like, no, I wouldn't. With her, I might. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. Are you kidding me? In fact, I think I wouldn't have a choice. Nope, you <laughs> sure would not. <laughs> she wouldn't let you have one. And I think that 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 actually that 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 tickles your god complex a little bit because you're like, mm, I'm not usually the one that doesn't get to make a choice. So, hmm, intriguing. I like it. That's that's funny. Oh my god, I love. Mm, I I also love the way you go. Mm, that's funny. <laughs> mm, that's funny. I just it's so it's so um uh Regina George and of you. So you should. Thank you, Hanchen. <laughs> oh god, bring it back. I so good. Um, okay, well, I guess one question, last question that I'll ask you, um, were there any songs that you didn't necessarily, like, I know we, we talked about Bops, anything that you were just like, uh, this is good, but it's not, it's not for me? Jersey Girl was predictable. Fair. Kick Your Ass wasn't the climactic song I would have chosen to introduce my antihero. Okay. And, um... Thank God She's Blind was a little slow, but not slow enough that I lost interest. So good. Okay. So I'm looking at a song list here. The version that we saw had a song called You're Such a Disappointment. Oh, yeah. Where mom does the thing. Yeah. Yeah, And that was actually a cute one that progressed time. I don't see it on this particular list, but that Uh -uh. was a good one just for like time progression as far as like going from a scene to another scene. Yeah. Um, But I... Yeah, I see Big Green Freak, and I don't remember that one, which I think is where that one should have been. Thank God you you know pulled up a lit because um, Dummy over here is just like looking up YouTube, like what are the songs of this show? It's fine. Well, this is also why I have forty tabs open on my screen, Mary. <laughs> I mean, is that why your computer sometimes just doesn't play nice? Is that is that why that is? That would be why. <laughs> Fabulous! I love every minute of that. Well, um, I think that I think we should roar and shake our way into a table read. What do you say? Should we do the thing? Table read. Da, da, da. Oh my god, that's that's our new sound cue. Delightful, perfect. I'm just gonna have to have you do that every single time now. So, the Toxic Avenger does it pass these tests? Representation of women in its source? No. Oh, 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 it was so hard. It hurts so bad. Okay. 
in this musical, I would say it's better. I question again how women are used. Mm-hmm. There's the evil female mayor mm-hmm. that they made a female, I think, based on cast, but it also helped storyline because she's supposed to be this slut and she's supposed to be this mm-hmm. evil woman. In the source material, it's an evil man being a normal, stupid guy. And then you have Sarah, but she she has hope, she has dreams, she has she's pretty independent and sticks up for herself. Sure, I would say Sarah's maybe the saving grace in this. I think... Uh, women are pretty well represented. I would agree. I would say that the footnote of that is that, yeah, they, I mean, obviously with this particular show, everybody seems to be a caricature, right? And we know that this... This show is very about itself. It knows like it's it's very unapologetically itself and it, it it's campy to the max. So I feel like if you were going to have a, an evil mayor who was a woman, that would be the embodiment of what I would think a caricature yeah. of it's this a, archetype it's is. It's uh, Catherine Zeta-Jones in Rock of Ages. Yes, at 1,000%. That is absolutely, yes. Only so yeah. on steroids. Yeah, correct. Oh, 100, <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. Bet. Does it pass the test of race? I don't think race is ever brought up. I can't remember it being brought up. I it's not really brought up, but if I'm remembering the cast correctly, I do believe there. I mean, there is one person of color in this cast. In, I don't this, think- in, in this one specifically, yes. But in yeah. at MTI, when you look up the cast list, this is going to sound bad, but I'm reading it as it is. It says the black dude and the white dude are the characters that are cast in this show, right? As the ensemble. I, I don't think, but like I said, I think this, I think you could put two females in that and it's fine. And I don't think race plays any part in that. No, because I mean, it breaks it like the, the show itself, I mean, is dealing with a topic that really doesn't identify specifically with a race. So, yeah. And I think you could even project a being a minority of any minority yeah. stature onto Melvin or Sarah or. Yeah. You know, I think you could put that on someone and maybe that adds another layer if you cast more diversely. So then um, as far as uh, representation, um, queer, any alphabet mafia, anything like that? (laughs) I mean, there are the gay hairdressers. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Rocking these like five inch stilettos. I'm sorry, Stephen, but the, I mean, the one, his calf muscles were literally the, carved from marble. It was his, beautiful. His legs were hot. Oh, my <laughs> God. It's like that man needs to be in Kiki Boots tomorrow. Like, do I like how LGBT was represented in this? No. In the source material, it feels like there were a lot of there was a lot of weird, awkward, random queer representation. None of it was great. <laughs> Okay. Um, And then I think even some of the first people that the Toxic Avenger killed were LGBT people, and that's problematic. Ruh-roh. So I'm questioning the source material just for that. In this musical, it doesn't, um, I don't like it, but it was also a trope. Like you said, everything is done to the max. Mm -hmm. And so when you think of a caricature of a gay man, you're going to go somewhere. It's yeah. the legally blonde version of 
gay or European. Like that's where we go with this. So that's fair. I'm I'm gonna say it it's not not represented because there is some representation. Sure. I would even say it would be fun to try to flip that mayor into an actual lesbian, but she's like boffin dudes so she can get what she wants. That yes, would be that would be very interesting. I would watch that. I think the uh, progression of them being able to gender bend and play men playing women or women playing men, you know, mm-hmm. I think I think that's the thing. I think that gender bending is all part of it to some degree too. Yeah, absolutely. And they use that and they use that mechanic pretty flawlessly, I feel, in this show. Uh, it, the quick change too quick change in this show i mean uh, how is that i have done quick changes there i that is that is magic what they do like it is sorcery straight up sorcery well so then the next question for table read does this story hold up without the music i'm gonna i'm gonna go first and i'm gonna say no i have to say yes you'd watch this without the music i mean the source material is not a musical and it is apparently a cult classic that is beloved and they're still making sequels to this day. That's fair. I mean, I'll ne- I mean, I, w- I won't ever, I won't ever watch the source material. So I, I mean, for this musical, for me, I'm going to say no. Like I would, I absolutely need the music to be able to, to cement this for me, I think. Yeah. Would, would I, would I watch a play of this? Would I watch this play from based on what I saw in this musical? If they kept this campy, funny story, maybe, because I think maybe if I can project on you a little bit, the comedy would save it. The comedy in lieu of yeah. the music. Yeah. Yeah. I, th- I think that's where my mind is going because I think the comedy would save it. I, I could think, support that. Th- I think this could be a sought after play because of the comedy. But you'd have to have like, I mean, stellar comedic timing. Like it would have to be tight. Yeah. The, this is a comedy character actors playground show. Yeah. And regardless, and, and so I think I think it could be even more accessible to people who don't sing or dance. So I would say yes with a question mark. <laughs> Followed by an ellipsis. <laughs> We're lingeringly questioning this show. Yeah. So this question is going to be interesting because uh, from, to my knowledge, we don't reference things specifically. Could the Toxic Avenger change time, era, decade? Yes. I agree. There's no, there's nothing that like specifically roots it in a period of time. To my knowledge, I... I, Yeah, because I'm trying to think. There is no, I don't remember a year or any specific Mm -mm. thing even being referenced that makes this stuck in a decade Mm -mm. it the the music is very rock which is very 80s which is very period some of the costume call outs are seem to be the 80s Mm -hmm. but i don't think it's necessary Mm -mm. do they reference a year at all about in like by 2050 or whatever I don't know. I'll have to. Uh, maybe that's what I'll. That's I'll, a show notes. Yeah. That's a show note. Okay. I like it. But okay. but I'll I'll um yeah. I don't know. I'll I'll double check that. But I, I do I think this could. I think it could. I think it could change era, time, or decade, and yeah. it not be too much of an issue. And I don't think it changes the story. Yeah. I would agree. I I agree on I agree on all counts. Scale of one to ten, amateur or professional. Where do you rate the Toxic Avenger? Ah, uh, okay. I think the show is super accessible. I do not think the show is hard. It's hard watching a professional 
sort of source from this, especially like it coming from the West End and then being like, oh, yeah, like anyone can do this at the caliber they were. But I don't think this show is hard at its root. I think the hardest thing about the show is having comic timing. Yeah, I'd say that's a pretty because if you fail at the if you fail at the the timing and the speed at which you deliver certain things, it will flop. You have to be very careful, especially dealing with Sarah's character Mm -hmm. as that visually impaired person. You don't want to cross that line. You don't want to uh, ever be disrespectful. Then you have just some all of these other things where this source material went haywire, where I said it looks like a director just had their heyday playground doing whatever the crap they wanted. Yep. I think this in the wrong hands. And sadly, I think the type of director that would want to put this on, like begs to put this on, is probably going to be coming at it from the wrong angle and are too close to it to do it well. That's that's a fair that's a fair assessment. So, normally, I'm going to give it a 5. I might even say 4.5. This is not a hard show. Hardest thing could just be the comedy. You don't need to make it a dancing musical. You don't need to make it anything. The set doesn't need to be major. The, the, you only need five people. Mm-hmm. I, I just warn that it maybe bumps up to a 6 if you... If this is like your favorite show ever, sure. you, need to, you need to check yourself. <laughs> you have to get some priorities in line if this is your favorite show. Um, I I agree with you. I'm going to stick in the same ballpark as you, but I am going to give it a full point and I'm going to go from 4.5 to 5.5. And I'm only going to do that because of the fact that you only have five cast members and you are covering a an entire gambit of characters from two actors that I think would those even though like you know the Toxic Avenger and and Sarah are like larger roles in the show those two people wh- whatever you choose to cast them as I feel would be equally as difficult because you are having to you are the filler. You are literally the gap filler in this show. Yeah. And being able to execute it correctly to be able to get your timing, to be able to, you know, like hit your marks, sing your notes. Like technically speaking, it's not, you're right. It isn't that hard, but I think for somebody to be able to have to take on all of those different things is a, is a pretty, a pretty moderate challenge. I feel so I am. It, it is. It is a challenge to create all those different characters. Absolutely. Here's what's funny. I immediately think of my high school drama club <laughs> and I could cast this with like my theater friend click. That oh, I have. sure. Absolutely. This wouldn't have been work to them. The, 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 like, if we cast this as we saw in the production we saw. Oh, no, it would have been fun. The two ensemble guys. Yeah. Uh, they would have just had fun. Yeah. It's even approachable for people who just joined drama club or whatever to, like, try to get, like, an arts credit or something. Sure. And this ensemble character with all these billions of different roles mm-hmm. might actually make someone fall in love with acting. I don't disagree with you. I do say it is a feat to to have to deal with all those characters and those sure. costume changes and all those things. But 
I think they're going to be so excited about it. Whoever gets cast from high schooler, middle schooler, all the way up to, you know, 50 year olds or 60, whatever. Cause I don't think it really matters. Mm-mm. No, it, th- I think they're just going to think it's fun. And when it's fun, it's not work. And when you're not working, you're just going to get it done. Absolutely. Well, then my my final question, 50 years from now, will this still be staged? And would you show it to aliens as a representation of theatrical (laughs) culture? (laughs) No. No and no. (laughs) I... As, as much as in as much as this show has won me over, no one no. I the first one I would say no. To be honest, I think it would be funny to show it to aliens to be like this. <laughs> this is what the world actually. This is why the world is garbage because because this because this, this is a cautionary tale. It really is. It's a cautionary tale. I mean, don't get me wrong. Would I like to think that this is going to be put on in fifty years? Absolutely, because it is. I mean, it is. You know, it is. We've been talking about some of these shows being soul food, right, and just being good for you. This show is junk food. This is Taco Bell at three in the morning after a night of drinking. And you know it's bad for you. And you know you should not do this. But man, if a cheesy gordita crunch after being drunk on tequila does not sound like the best thing in the world to you right then. And then the next day you wake up and regret your choice. But in the moment, you're like, hmm, this is bad. But it's okay. Because, like, who cares? Like. YOLO or whatever the kids say now. It's fine. I, I oh, think this will be slowly forgotten because I think we gave Great American Trailer Park musical the same sad we did. sort of thing. We did. I, I think it's just sort of going to be buried over time and other yeah. things are going to take its place and we're going to find other things to focus on. And part of my thing with this, I don't think the music is memorable enough. Well, and it's, I mean, you know, and I think that's one of the reasons why I enjoy this show and the different types of shows that we get to, you know, talk about together. Not every show is going to be the stand the test of time. And that's okay. I mean, this is a very hot thought and a personal opinion. I don't think that's good theater. Like good theater means that there are always going to be things that are outstanding. There will be things that are mediocre and there will be things that suck. And this, I feel like it doesn't really suck. But it's definitely mediocre because it's not, I mean, it's not life changing, but it was fun and I don't regret watching it again. Well, and if we think about it, theater again is that lens up to society. We are going through a period of time where we're talking about global warming, pollution. What is the human effect on the world and landscape we live in? This is a moment of time where that speaks to that. In 50 years, is this still going to be an issue? We don't know. We so is this going to be know. this weird time capsule piece where they were like, oh, this was the thing you had to worry about then? How funny. Like, <laughs> oh, that's cute. You know, I don't know. I think it's a cute show. And I'm glad I watched it. Love your brother, Biggie Brown or Green or I will rip your face apart. Right apart. Together we will turn this
to power slide into the end of our show. But with final thoughts on the Toxic Avenger. I think I'm more surprised in myself. (laughs) (laughs) That I opened up my theater heart. You sure did. To this show. And I was so pleasantly surprised. I cannot help but love this show and it it won me over slowly with every joke with every song and with every bit of character acting that was happening uh it it uh, it was a surprise for me and i love being surprised in theater i love attending theater of just random shows and you know walking out thinking about it i have been thinking about this show all week since i watched it and that, to me, marks something I'm glad I watched. And I don't think you would be upset out there in the ether. Any of you listening would be disappointed watching it either. You know, my my final thoughts on this show, I appreciated the grandeur, I suppose, of the way that they told this story, to the max limit that they took everything. Because let's be real, your girl is, is all about going to the max. Like, I am like guac, I am extra. So seeing this show and how extra it was in so many different ways was so beautiful. And I'm, I'm watching it knowing that I'm not looking for a good piece of theater. I am watching it because it's, who is, I mean, when you say the title, The Toxic Avenger, like, uh, you don't know what to expect. It's literally like a pinata, and then you cracked it open, and you were like, hmm, there's some good things that are in here, but mostly, this candy is trash. This was a very trashy but fun pinata to break open. But now, because I am running this show, guess what that means? That means I have to give you... The little nuggets on the next show that we're going to watch. And this is completely out of the norm because normally, as we know, Steven does this thing because he's got his whole, his list of things. But I don't know where this is in your list. And I'm sure it's in the list, but I don't think it was going to be your next choice. What if I get it? But you're not allowed to tell people until we do the next show, the next episode. Okay. You got to hold on to it. This musical is very near and dear to my heart, and I'm very excited about it because I think it's going to spark a pretty excellent conversation between the two of us, I feel. So, uh, your first clue for our next show. This was written by a big name, but had to first live its life as a concept album as no producer wanted to put it on. Okay. Your second clue. This show prompted and inspired the birth of Rocky Horror as our next show was so controversial at the time, it made others push boundaries as well. Okay. So you're going to ruminate <clears throat> on those lovely things. And I have an idea. Oh, I like an idea. And you're... I have an idea, okay. but I won't say it. No, but... you got to wait. Okay, okay. Well, my lovelies, my, my beautiful humans, uh, the show is done. The curtain is down. It's time for everybody to go home. This has been... From the top, a wandering unicorn production. Of course, I like the show. It's a Britney single, and like, it's America's ass. Like, I I love it.